Welcome, and you're listening to the Independence News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. You can find our latest news at independent.org, and you can find our new November print edition in our red and white news boxes across the city, in public libraries, independent bookstores, and other venues. For our first uh, segment tonight, we're going to talk about debt, consumer debt, medical debt, student loan debt, and so on. Tens of millions of Americans are debt debt burdened with many trillions of dollars in debt. Uh, Ten years ago, this was one of the main concerns of people who rallied at Zuccotti Park for Occupy Wall Street. All these debt burdens, uh, is there something we can do about it? Uh, One group that uh, came out of that is called the Debt Collective, and they've come up with uh, some very ingenious approaches to dealing with debt and helping people find debt relief. They're also uh, advocating for major uh, policy changes, including uh, uh, abolishing $1.7 trillion in student loan debt, which we will also talk about in a few minutes. Uh, But um, as we get going here, I Look forward to uh, welcoming uh, Braxton Brewington, the spokesperson for the Debt Collective. Uh, Braxton, welcome to WBAI Radio. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Sure. So uh, you all made the news recently when you uh, were able to uh, wipe away $3 million in carceral debt uh, for um, a number of people in, in Mississippi and Florida who had gone through the uh, the courts and the prison and industrial complex. Can you uh, talk about what you accomplished and how you were able to uh, do that? Yeah. So essentially when debt is uh, goes to collectors, it often gets sold on this secondary market, a very shady network of buyers and sellers for often pennies on the dollar. And so what the debt collective did was – for a little bit less than $98,000, we were able to purchase nearly $3.3 million. So that's about a 97% discount or three pennies on the dollar. We purchased over $3 million worth of private probation debt for people across the South, mostly in Mississippi and Florida, but residing in states nearby, such as Alabama, Georgia, and North Carolina, and even Tennessee. What this really does um, you know, for one, is really highlight a very phony morality of debt, of asking the question, who owes what to whom? We sent letters to all of these people. We canceled debt for about 20,500 plus people. We sent letters to each individual person saying, this is a, a no strings attached gift. You no longer owe this debt. Um, and we hope that you would also consider joining the debt collective and banding together because we believe when debtors collectively uh, join together that they can begin to leverage power in the similar way that workers do. Mm. And that $98,000 you raised, you know, it's kind of like a, a GoFundMe uh, kind of approach. Well, so in the past we've raised money from a variety of different ways, whether it's um, individual donors or our debtors union. So people contribute um, monthly or whenever they can, or we have um, donors come through. So it's a sort of collection of whatever way we can find uh, a way to improve people's lives. Right. And that's really amazing. You're, you're able to uh, purchase the debt at a 97% discount. 
so I understand you all have uh, bigger plans afoot uh, to try to wipe away uh, $500 million of uh, bail debt in California? Right. So what we're really trying to highlight is a larger carceral system. We in the United States are indebted for our health care, for going to college, for housing, but we're also in debt for our own incarceration. And so we call this a, a carceral system. So along with eliminating private probation debt uh, in, largely in the South, we also developed an online legal mutual aid tool that right now only works for the state of California. We hope it can soon expand, but it's significant to start in California because the national bail in the United States is $10,000. In California, it's $50,000. And so what's happening is largely Black and Latino men are being arrested and sent to jail. And what happens is it's often the women of color and their families that have to take on these, that have to co-sign these bail bond contracts. And so they're taking on this enormous amount of debt to help their loved ones, uh, these folks who are in their family who are being arrested and sent to jail. And so they have to sign these predatory bail bonds contracts. Now, oftentimes these predatory violent bail bonds companies take advantage of these folks. So say, for example, if I call a bail bonds company in Spanish and we have a conversation in Spanish and then you give me a contract to sign in English, that is a type of debt that's often eligible to be disputed. And so that could be disputed null and void. And so what this tool does now, often a person could assert to this bail bonds company, I was harassed on the phone by you all, or this uh, type of, um, the way that I was treated was illegal and this debt should be null and void. These companies are so powerful and predatory that they can often ignore these claims. What the debt collective is doing is collectively using this tool, asserting all of these legal claims at once. And just the sheer power of often having a lawyer behind you or you know, collective debt or power is is enough to dispute a lot of this, these um, predatory bail debts. And so this tool will work for about a million Californians, which unfortunately totals to a little bit over 500, what we estimate to be a little bit over $500 million. Right. And we say bail, I mean, another word for this could be uh, ransom that these uh, people have to pay yeah. to get their loved ones uh, out of jail. Um, now, I mean, a lot of this is really ingenious, um, but of course, some uh, some debts uh, require uh, some uh, debt crises re- require um, uh, policy level solutions. And recently, New York Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, called on uh, debt uh, activists and, and groups like yours to really uh, sort of ramp up their activity in um, advance of this February when the 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 federal moratorium on student uh, loan uh, payments is scheduled to end, and it appears the Biden administration is going to let that moratorium uh, expire at the beginning of, of February. Um, can you talk about, uh, just talk about that for a minute and, and what you all have in mind? And then I want to, after yeah. that, we're going to, I want to pivot, pivot to another guest who is uh, currently fighting uh, debt uh, right in front of city hall with his uh, uh, fellow taxi drivers. Absolutely. So student debt in the United States is at this point a little bit above $1.8 trillion. That's trillion with a T. 93% of student loans are owned by the federal government. And so the federal government actually has the authority, the legal authority, 
to eliminate all of these student loans. The rest of the debt is privately owned and that might require legislation. It gets a bit tricky. But the Biden administration, with the flick of a pen, Biden can sign an executive order today. He could have signed it on his inauguration day. Um, he, with the flick of a pen, he can eliminate, he can completely get rid of federal student loans. And so what we have now is a movement to pressure Joe Biden to cancel student loans. And Representative AOC, who has been a steadfast champion in um, advocating for the Biden administration to cancel student debt, you know, said, mentioned the other day via her Instagram story that, you know, we have to gear up for taking action. So the payment is is slated to start back on February 1st. January 31st is when the moratorium ends. And so we're taking action with um, a lot, lots of direct action in January before those payments get turned on. Okay. Speaking of uh, taking direct action against debt, uh, there have been uh, uh, indebted taxi drivers, yellow cab drivers, uh, who've been holding a 24-7 protest encampment in front, uh, on the sidewalk on Broadway next to City Hall for over a month now. And they're about two weeks into a hunger strike as well that a number of them are participating in. And also uh, several elected officials have joined them. Um, uh, socialist uh, Zoran Amamdani uh, and, and uh, uh, Shahana Hanif and, and others. But um, I, w- I want to welcome uh, William uh, Ritsiu uh, to the show. He's a, a taxi driver who's uh, got a medallion debt that was created by a really a price inflation scam that the Bloomberg administration uh, launched about a decade ago and has trapped a lot of longtime taxi drivers in uh an average of $550,000 in debt per driver after, a, in many cases, decades of driving, they find themselves uh, more in debt than when they started. So, uh, William, welcome to WBAI Radio. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's uh, an honor, and in the meantime, it's a part of our fight. It's uh, very hard. It's cold here. It becomes colder and colder, but you have in front of the mayor's office in Broadway and Murray Street, but taxi drivers will never give up. We'll ne- we will never give up until the uh, achievement is done. It's right. a predatory lending which happened before, and then this was the first crisis, impossible to pay $4,000 and $6,000, $7,000 per month for the mortgage. When uh, you have uh, $5 here and $20 there collected and you have to pay for the food, you have to pay for the repairs, you have to pay all the expenses to the TLC, which months like six, much more. Right. And, and uh, can you talk just a little bit about how you and the other hunger strikers are doing? I mean, this is a really uh, quite a, a sacrifice you all are making to try to get the attention of the mayor. Yeah, we tried more than uh, this uh, month. We tried in the much more longer, uh, several months already. It's, uh, see, we are uh, the lucky one. Why? Because we are still alive. But we have 11 taxi drivers which committed suicide during time because they were not able to pay. The lenders were coming after their homes. After uh, and uh, when they saw the no exit, no solution, no human solution, no honest solution for all of this, they committed suicide. 
So I can say that we continue their fight. Right. And can you uh, sum up uh, for our listeners real quickly what you all would like to see the city do? Of course, it's very important. It's very simple. The city doesn't have to come with the money. They came with only 65, which became $75 million. And uh, they said, uh, we'll pay the lenders $20,000 for every medallion, and is discussable also. Not this is the problem. The problem is the this money can be used much wiser. I mean, uh, our uh, Taxi Worker Alliance sister Desai uh, noticed very right that practically uh, all what we can do after the food and expenses and all of these gas and repairs for the taxi, all what we can come a month, it's $750, not 2000 not 4000 Or the city doesn't want to uh, convince the lenders to drop the mortgage from 300 to $125,000. Right. Then if the mortgage is the, the more, if the mortgage is dropped to 125, then we come with the 750, our goal. Uh, everything it's uh, described in the New York Times in August last year on 13 pages. It's amazing. We had 13 cities agencies sleeping instead of stopping the artificial increase of the uh, mortgage and the selling practically of the of the taxi medallion from uh, $100,000 to $1,500,000. They collected a lot of money. Yeah. City collected this money. Nobody else. The drivers committed suicide because they were not able to pay. Right. We're going to have to leave here in a sec, but uh, so the, the drivers want their, their monthly payments reduced to a more manageable $750 a month, and, and that would make it possible for you all to uh, make a living. For everybody, and, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but uh, uh, New Yorkers and, and people elsewhere are fighting debts, carceral debt, taxi driver debt, student loan debt. Uh, William Ritzieu and Braxton Brewington, thank you both for joining us on the Independent News Hour. We thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll be back after this short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a big environmental victory that recently took place in in Queens and uh, one of the organizers that was involved in that. 